his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. There is a, a movie called On Fire, which is the story of Mr. John O'Leary, who's with us tonight. You might see them in Maplewood even this week. John O'Leary... How are you? Welcome back. Mark Reardon, I'm awesome, man. How are you doing? I'm good, but I don't even know how the hell I missed the fact that this was becoming a movie, your your life story. Congratulations on that. I mean, your your whole story is amazing, inspirational, daunting, obviously. We'll have your share part of it, but this is going to be a major motion picture, right? Well, even the fact that it's happening is shocking. It's miraculous. The fact that it's being filmed here in St. Louis, Missouri is as miraculous so, man, I'm just excited to not only tell this story about our community standing up and making a difference for a little boy, but also doing the work in the community where it happens. Yeah, that that's incredible. Um, and I mentioned, you know, we used to film a fair amount of movies here, but because the tax incentives went away. So this director is Sean McNamara. Maybe I should just ask you this question. Let's start with your story. Nine years old, you almost died. You were playing with fire, right? You shouldn't have been doing that. And you're in the hospital for dead and jack buck becomes a big part of this story right john (laughs) he does and still is even today in the way we show up and do the work we do but jack buck informs everything we do today so yeah i'm i'm a nine-year-old boy st john's mercy 1987 hanging out in a burn center bed dying and uh through my darkness and respirator and struggle comes the voice of jack buck into that room on day two of my hospitalization And then Reardon, he comes back the following day, even though he was told by the staff that I was going to die. And then he comes back again, and he starts bringing friends, and they start making a difference. They find a beachhead, and we just keep moving forward together. It took five and a half months and then years of surgery and therapy, but none of that would have happened without Jack Buck's love. So is it it's Bill Macy that's playing Jack Buck? That's awesome. I know, man. It's like, can't they find someone better than Bill Macy? But (laughs) they could not. So – you know, to be the whole idea of a story of your life being made is overwhelming. And the only reason why I can accept this or have my head fit into a room is because it has very little to do with the guy you're interviewing. We, we've been bathed in love and in grace since the day of the explosion. And, and that love continues, man. So, yeah, Bill Macy said yes to playing Jack Buck. We have a fellow named John who is going to be Joel Courtney is going to be playing John O'Leary. Many of your younger listeners will know Joel Courtney. You know, I've interviewed Joel Courtney. He was in a great movie with another St. Louis actor, Gabe Basso, who's a friend of Steven Spielberg movie called Super 8 from 13 years ago. He was probably 10 years old when I interviewed him, but I thought that was cool. I know who Joel Courtney is. It was his first movie. He's done a whole lot since he's had a ton of success. Uh, But the reason he got that part with Spielberg is because he's naturally a brilliant, humble guy. 
And so that beauty, that joy, that faithfulness, that Joe just is, I've been watching him for two days on set. He treats everyone as if they're the most important person in the room. And I think uh, Jack Buck would have loved the way he shows up. So, John, how did this come together? Obviously, you wrote a book. You're, you're, you've written a couple of books, but th- this is based on the book and your, your story. But how did it then finally take um, you know this to a Hollywood production level? Because a lot of people write scripts. A lot of people pick movies. They don't all get filmed, right? Even good stories don't necessarily go to production. So this is going to take us into the third segment of the Mark Reardon time slot because it's that's going to okay. take a minute to walk you through. No, man, that's good. I want to know. I, uh, I've been speaking now for 18 years, and back in 2016, I had a book called On Fire that came out. There was an organization that read it and then brought me in to do a leadership conference called Arbon. And at that event, one of the ladies came up to me afterwards and said, could I turn this into a movie? And I kind of jokingly said, I have no idea. Uh, you know, it's certainly above my pay grade, but you're welcome to try. And so Linda assembled a, t- a team that slowly began moving this thing forward. They're called Producers. They attracted a writer, screenplay guy named Gregory Poirier, who is phenomenal. That screenplay attracted a guy named Sean McNamara, who's done Soul Surfer and more than 100 additional movies. Remarkable talent. Another great guy. And ultimately what happened was they said, we're going to do this thing in Vancouver or L.A. So Sean hops on a flight back in June to meet my family. And uh, they're having dinner at my mom and dad's house. And Sean says, now, where did the fire happen? And my mom starts walking him back to the garage. And Sean's like, whoa, 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 this is the house? And he was blown away by that. And then I took him down to SLU to show him where I went to college and where I met Beth. And then we took him down to Keener Plaza. And then I showed him the MAC where Jack Buck was told about John O'Leary getting burnt. And he's like, dude, we, we've got to film this in St. Louis. Like it has to be – St. Louis is a character in this movie. We've got yes, to do it yeah. justice. But it would not have happened had we not been able to get the tax rebate push through and there are too many names for me to attribute that to but let me just say there's some people here in st louis that fought to make this thing happen and it took the entire state to make it so well that's very cool so how involved are you in the process yeah uh, heavily man so you know i hopefully we'll see my kids and wife again one day (laughs) i I haven't seen them in the last couple months it's been a race to get this thing prepped and now we're two days into shooting. They're long days, but they're worthy. And so we're in Maplewood right now. We're going to be in Maplewood for a, a couple more days filming out here. Then we're going to move out to my mom and dad's house the following week. Then down to SLU, you'll recognize some landmarks around the city of St. Louis. You'll see some amazing folks coming and going from our set. And um, I, I'm heavily involved and heavily grateful for it all. I love it. I love the fact that they're doing it here because, look, especially with the with the Cardinals angle and the Jack Buck angle, you, you have exactly, to have it exactly. in St. Louis. Let me mention a couple of places. And, John, you correct me if I'm wrong. I did see one story out there from KSDK that said that in Maplewood, they'll be at the Crow's Nest, Tiffany's Diner, Saratoga, the former Casa Maya, and Shock City School. So you might see camera crews around the city this week, right, or the next few weeks. Well, a couple of cool things are happening already. Like, Selfie Village is happening. So people keep walking by and taking pictures, and they're snapping, and it's trending on, online. And it's really cool when positive news is trending. So that's awesome. The thing I like even more is I'm meeting all these folks who are driving us around and serving us meals and holding booms and all these other things. I don't even know what everybody does, man. There's 80 people right. on set all day long. And they keep coming up to me saying, man, thank you. Hey, man, thank you for bringing jobs back to our state. 
And that's not me, but I'm glad they're back. And our job now is to make sure they stay and grow. We got a great place. We've got great people. We've got great landmarks. And it's been a mistake for a decade. We haven't been filming here. Yeah, I, well, I was a fan of that program and um, tried to do my best to lobby to keep it, but there's always these um, ROI questions about the tax incentives. We don't have to get into that. What is the the timeline for, for the movie being released? Would it be late 2024, or is that undetermined, or are we pushing into 25? Well, and, and let me speak to the ROI, because I'm, I'm going to be very apolitical here. Like, what is the ROI of painting the city of St. Louis in a brilliantly positive light? What's the ROI of saying this is who we are? This is what we really are about. What's the ROI of sharing that not only in St. Louis that sometimes gives itself a black eye, but then sometimes leaves the community and tells others how, how lousy yeah, we are right. sometimes? You're right. So, man, listen, there's an investment the state made in the state, and I think it's going to pay off handsomely for the state and certainly for our community here in St. Louis. I love that you took that. You just kind of ran with it, John. I love that. I didn't, want, I didn't want to get you into the politics, but you're right, and and I, I think you're right. right about that. It's priceless. Well, we got, we got 80 people who have been in town for a month and a half who have now fallen in love with our community. Good. Two of them are bringing their kids back to go to the city museum because they were overwhelmed. Yeah, cool. And we've got a place like this in the Midwest. So. There's an ROI when you invest in community. I love it. Uh, release date. Any any estimate? Yeah, so we got six weeks of shooting. We're, we're looking for extras, man. So come on, man, sign up. Bring it on <laughs> down, baby. And uh, and then we go for about 12 weeks of post-production. That's when they make it all look pretty afterwards and add music, that kind of stuff. And then it, it's going to slowly make its way into the marketplace. We're thinking probably about Thanksgiving 2024. Beautiful. Hey, what's the opposite of you? Someone who is not positive, inspirational. That's me. If you have a character like that in the film, yes. I'll talk to Sean and see if I can be cast because I'm willing to do it, O'Leary. You know that. I'm there You're for my you. kryptonite, and occasionally Superman needs to show up and remind Reardon it's not all bad. Oh, not I, all bad. I think I've talked to you about this um, this name before, and I'd love to get you guys together at some point when things are a little quieter. But my friend Chris Smith, who was um, two yeah. years, maybe three years ago, shot in the head, and he has an amazing survival story. He's very familiar with you, John. I think he's communicated with some of your people, but I'd love to yes. bring you guys together because he— he shares some of those. Um, there was no Jack Buck involved, but his recovery and just everything that he's been pushing through is inspirational as well. But I'm so excited that you got this project off the ground, and I'm embarrassed that I really wasn't dialed into it. So have fun here during the next few weeks, and let's see what we can do, right? Well, let's see what we can do. And I just want to thank all the folks who have already been showing up. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for believing. Thank you for praying to make this thing happen. It has worked already. It's got to be fun, Aww. John. I'm I'm very encouraged just to hear all this, and I'm glad to speak with you and hook up with you because I know how busy you are. So take care and enjoy this process. I'm looking forward to the next one. All right, take care. That's John O'Leary. He, he's so great. It really is. And Sue, the, the filming has wrapped up, and sometimes they come back into town to do some reshoots if you know they feel like something is necessary. But I hope he's right about the timetable. Hollywood's not really good about timetables, so Thanksgiving 24 might be ambitious, but let's hope it's a good movie, right? Uh, well, you know, with... Macy, it makes you think it will yeah, be, right? Right, right. I, I would say that too. But, you know, it's what's interesting is I don't even know if this will make sense what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it, Sue, because okay. I'm pretty good at, at saying things that, that don't make sense. There was a, um, there was a, a bunch of musicians uh, years ago that uh, took some music that Bob Dylan wrote in the 1960s that, that were never turned lyrics, that were never turned into songs, right? Okay. And, uh, Rick Rubin, who's a legendary producer, right? He goes down, I don't know if they did this in Nashville or whatever, and he um, he assigned essentially some 
some homework to a bunch of different musicians. Bear with me. I'm going to get to the movie part of this. And he said, hey, why don't you guys, you guys write these songs based on these lyrics? And, and a bunch of people did different songs, right? Different, the same lyrics, but different versions of the song. And then Rick Rubin picked the, uh, the songs that made a record. And I bring that up because, and you could never do this with movies, right? But, but the concept is this. Let's say, and it's impossible because of the budget. Okay, you're director number one. Mm-hmm. I'm director number two. This dude who's making this movie, I forget his name, about John O'Leary, is director number three. We're all going to make the same movie based on the same script. Okay, the script is exactly the same. There's nothing different. We would all make different movies. Sure. So the reason I bring that up is because these things get lost in translation a lot. You know, directors have visions that don't always get seen through. Sometimes producers have different versions or visions, if you will. And, you know, the, the, because if you're an actor, if you're Bill Macy, like, oh, my God, this story is incredible. Right. It's unbelievable. I want to do this. And then, you know, as he mentioned, the director says, we got to do this in St. Louis, too. You just hope that it's executed properly because it, you know, well, doesn't he, always get executed properly. John O'Leary posted photos from the, the shoot on his um, Facebook page as it was going on with all the people in it and the celebrities meeting his siblings. And it was just awesome. So I have high hopes. On the music front, if you go to thenewbasementtapes.com, it's um, it's a great record, by the way. This was maybe, oh gosh, I don't know how long ago it was. Maybe it says here on the um, on the website. But it's really a cool project that Rick Rubin put together. And you have uh, one of the bands that I love is Dawes. And Taylor, who's the lead singer, guitarist of Dawes, is involved. Uh, I'm trying to look at, see who the other musicians were because now I'm, I'm drawing a blank on on who did these all. But they were just fantastic. Oh, Rihanna Giddens, who is a really good musician um, from the Carolina Chocolate Drops, which is a great band name. Taylor Goldsmith from Dawes. Jim James, who is in My Morning Jacket. Marcus Mumford from Mumford & Sons. So they all took these lyrics, and I I misassigned the producer credit because Rick Rubin is great. T-Bone Burnett did this, another great music producer. So they got together in March of 2014 in Hollywood and for two weeks, they wrote and created music for all these lost lyrics that were handwritten by Bob Dylan. Wow. And then they picked the best versions of the songs by the different artists. So Taylor Goldsmith did the, the song, and then Jim James would do another one, Marcus Mumford. And then, you know, T-Bone would say, okay, well, let's do Rick's, or I'm sorry, Marcus Mumford, you're going to get this version of the song that's on the record. And, and it's really incredible when you, when you hear it. But I've always wondered, because you see movies and you see trailers for movies, right? And you're like, man, this is going to be fantastic. And then you see the movie. Let me use Barbie maybe well, as an example fair. of that, because that was a terrible movie that is being... You know, honored with all these accolades. I still don't understand that one. Baffling to me, Sue. But yeah. it's groupthink, and people think it was cool. Anyway, there you go. I don't even know if I explained myself where on any, on any of that well, but I tried. I got it. I did try. It's a Holly Week. What can I say? Hey, we're going to find out um, the music that we all picked for Hell's Elevator, inspired by a tweet by Ke- Stephen King, and that's coming up. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas... Phoenix... 
and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. All right, so here is the homework assignment. I saw this inspired by author Stephen King. And he said, what song, this is a tweet from this morning, what song would be playing on Hell's Elevator going down? I vote, we might as well just do the um, the music here. Here was Stephen's pick. Song from the 70s. Anybody know the year? I'm thinking 73, 74. No. Terry Jackson. So he's being a little philosophical here. He's not saying, see, because you can do this in a couple of different ways. You can say uh, a song that is something I never want to hear again as you're going to hell. But Stephen got sort of symbolic, right, Sue? Yeah, he really did. All right, you got to listen to the lyrics. See what I'm saying? So, Alex, have you ever heard this song? Seasons I don't know that song? I have it. Like get to the hook. To, yeah, you got to get to the hook here because he had joy, he had fun. He had seasons fun, in this. He had seasons in the sun. Oh, yeah. The hills that we climb were just seasons out of time. All right, so that's Stephen's pick, and I, I gave the assignment to the group here. Um, knowing Alex Rich, he probably didn't complete his homework. No, I did it. I, I did told. it just a few minutes ago. So what's fun is that I have everyone's picks in here. I have no idea what they are. Oh, nice. So, <laughs> Abby, I'm going to start with you. All right. Okay, because you know everybody else's picks. So here what? it is. Wow. You Whoa. spin me round, right? Wow. wow. Impressive. I, I kind of like that. Why? Because yeah. you dislike the song? You I, think it would be appropriate to go to hell on this song? I cannot stand this song. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. My older sister was obsessed with it. And obsessed is not even good enough for it. She played it on repeat on the way to oh, school. Oh, so she drove you crazy. I like this song. You know, I I Hayes, Hayes used to dance in front of the mirror naked with this song. Yeah, with with Aquanet. <laughs> I used to spray I my hair. I think we heard this. I think they played this song when we went roller skating. Oh, oh for did sure. They, yeah, right. they sure. did, yeah. and me and my brother exchanged looks, and he was like, I know you hate this. And I was like, yes, I do. I, I love do it. hate it. I think it's a great song. You it's just, just been ruined okay, for so me. Okay, so fair. This is a song, Dead or Alive is the band, 1985. I remember this song very well because this was in my club era when I was a disc jockey and I will Ooh. tell you quite confidently that if it was a little slow on the dance floor and I needed to pack the dance floor in 1985 this was it. This song did it this? every time. It yeah. really did. I wish we could yeah. tie more bat then and go to that club while you're DJing. My goodness <laughs> me too. If all it took was this song I'm down. <laughs> I had it on a mixtape thank you. Oh wow. Yep. That's okay. Awesome. Well, that's an that's an unusual pick. Alright, there we go. Who are we going to go to next? Let's do Hazes. Let's do Hazes. Now, Abby, did we have uh, similar picks, or did yeah, we? Yeah, um, actually, you and I had the same picks. Me and Mark had the same pick first, so, so I picked you... a new song. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty funny. All right, so let's do Hayes. Here's Hayes's "Elevator to Hell" pick. <laughs> <laughs> this is sort of you're going down the symbolic route here too, right? You know, I'm going with this. 
I don't even know if I Is do. That, wait. Just wait. Oh! <laughs> you are evil! You are evil! No way. Oh, Hayes, that's a good one. I just heard the theme from Jaws, and I didn't put it together there. You texted me this, and I literally was like, I remembered my son growing up in this song, and I had nightmares to this song. Yes. 12 billion views, by the way, on oh, yeah. YouTube. There's a problem in the world if this yes. song has 12 billion yes. views. Uh-huh. But we used it to our advantage at times, too, when Cooper was younger. Sure. We'd be like, I, brush I. your right. teeth, do 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 go to sleep, do 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 uh, oh, that's great. That's why it was so easy, wow. because I, I sent him a text that said, Homer, pick a song, do not tell me, tell Abby. And he said, easy. <laughs> See you in a bit. <laughs> Everyone is screaming at their stereos right now, their Absolutely. speakers. Like, yeah. oh, why is that in my head now, for the rest of the night? Uh-huh. And it will be. Yeah. yeah. Will I be. think I know, I might know Fred's pick, but let's find out here. Here's Fred's pick. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I did not. Oh, I like is that it. Tiny Tim? Yes. I think that was my, my second pick. Oh, because that is someone great. else had the, my first one. Okay. Oh, can we, can we say yeah, who, Can we say why, so, uh, Fred, why you choose this? I, well, I, it's the, the falsetto it, it, it voice. It sounds like hell. I don't know. The it ukulele. Does. Uh, it's just irritating all the way around. Abby, you've probably never even heard. Do you know Tiny Tim? Do I you know? do. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've heard this one before. Alex? I can't say Abby is yeah, schooled. I can't, I can't say this is in my library. Well, Google uh, The Tonight Show, Tiny Tim. <laughs> you should see this guy. This guy was creepy looking. Yes, yes. Sorry. Uh, here's oh, Alex's okay. pick. Ooh. Yeah, I went the opposite way. The Commodores. Come on, man. This is Alex going to hell? <laughs> this is it, what? right? You just gotta ch- just relax. Yeah, relax. No, it sounds funny, but I so that's what you're going for yeah, here? I I'm think go- I'm I just resigned saying. to the fact that I'm going deep into the eternal flames no, of see, hell. No, see, I kind of thought that you guys were going to all go that direction with, like, oh. what's what's that annoying last song, like, you know. Right. But for me, it was kind of like... I'm going to be in hell, so they're probably going to already be playing that annoying song for the rest of my life anyway. <laughs> That's a good point. All right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. I want to leave Earth. I want to go down in that elevator if I'm going down. Hey, Alex. Just feeling easy. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I do. I've told this story before, but I actually have ridden in an elevator with the Commodore. Is that right? That's I right. I love that. Did it Downtown. go to hell? I did it go did to hell? hell? No, he's right just, here. They well, were this is pretty really close tall. to hell. This is pretty close <laughs> to hell. The Mark Reardon show. That's what it is. I wish I could argue with that. I mean, come on now. <laughs> That's, uh, you know, easy like Sunday morning. Sue's pick. Oh, I love man. that. Oh, man. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but this is Karen Carpenter, isn't it? It is. Oh, but poor here's, Karen Carpenter. Here's what I thought. First of all, we actually heard this song in elevators. This was oh, elevator music. and feeling old. <laughs> I'm just Sometimes picturing going to hell in all these songs. Right? Yeah. That's so weird. Yeah, you're going down the elevator. It's getting so hotter. Yeah. That was my thought. Also, I thought, you know, just the, uh, just to be perverse, we'll throw the carpenters in there. Um, poor, poor Karen and Richard. All right, uh, here's my pick for the song that you would go. Now, I, I went in the This Was Hell When I Heard It the first time when I was trapped <laughs> Listening to this song, I'm still scarred by it, and I'm pretty sure this is what people hear when they go to hell. (laughs) 
I'm sorry. I, you know, I've only been on this ride one time. Oh, we talked about gosh, this before. Yeah. Oh. I've been on. I yeah. went on it when I was 12 years old, and I I had nightmares yes. after going through that. Yes. That so ride. you don't disagree with me on this. No. Ride. Well, this is this is this is pretty much. I, I can picture those creepy yeah. dolls. Yes. And, and was it like a canoe or something you rode yeah. through yes. there? Yes. And yes. what you realize very quickly as you go through the uh, oh. canal and yeah. listening to the song is it's not such a damn flipping small world after all. That's a long <laughs> ride. It goes on forever. Ride. It does. It Could does. you imagine getting stuck? Inside there, like the ride, like broke down. <laughs> no. Okay, that's why we're talking about hell here. Now, we oh, have some honorable I'm, mentions. I'm surprised. Oh. Well, I was going to, do you want to do the, I'm, I'm surprised nobody went with, or unless you're going to go with Well, some let's of these find songs. out. Hold on here. Okay. Let, let me find out. So this, what, this what was, are the honorable mentions? This was something mentioned by two people in the room. Uh, you Can, and Fred. Martin me and Fred? Fred? Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Reasons okay, I, uh, you guys are cracking me up. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, but are they on the air currently? Do we know? I we know. Love, hey, I we know. love the campaign. Not anymore. Yes. It's for charity. It is. But oh, that's that's cool. Cool. This car's with a K. Pickup is quick and easy. Uh, You'll no, I got to tell you a funny story about wow. that. Year, years ago, <laughs> Fred, do you remember when I pitched an idea about this song on the KMOX no, side? No, I don't. So when... When we were in the throes of hell, with when that thing aired, God knows how often, we would air it on X all the time. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to have a little fun with this, and I'm going to see if, in fact, Johnny Holson from the Well Hungarians is going to be here tomorrow to talk about their show at the Foundry. And Alex, you'd like this. I thought, let's have a little bit of a contest, if you will, with some of the local bands doing just a 60-second cover, their interpretation oh, wow. of Cars for Kids. <laughs> Why? I, Why I, give it more life? I just thought it would be fun, <laughs> and it would be a fun idea, and then I was I was shoot off that idea because they didn't want to offend the uh, the clients. Yeah, that's so, true. You I, could probably which, by a... the way, the client would have gotten a lot more attention, which is true. Yeah. They yeah. should make a death metal version of that. That was kind of where I was going with it, honestly, <laughs> right? I, because I think if people well, would... Yeah. <laughs> All right, Alice, where, where did you well, think this I was going to go? I was going to say, I am very surprised nobody went with Highway that's hell. it, yeah. Yeah. It, to me, it and was too on the nose. So the ex- and that's why I didn't go. Yeah, with it. yeah, yeah. I guess you guys all had the same yeah, thought. Thought about it. Okay, now I have to get to because I, I, for me at least, one of the best parts of all this was just. Now I have to pull up the uh, the tweet because if you look, Fred, you did this too. You looked at the answers. Um, yeah, there and, were a lot of a lot that's of. That's maybe ones. we were inspired by. Uh, I think the third answer was cars for kids. Uh, the wheels on the bus. Uh-huh. Um, somebody said that four non blonde song. What's up? That song makes me oh, physically angry. Yes. Um, was that the? Oh no, four no, non no. What was, oh, hold on. Dan, I, had Dan, it, 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 Dan, oh, right. I like that song, though. That's a pretty good song. You know what song I should have put in there? At 17 by Janice Ian. Oh, yes. Wow. Is there a sadder, sadder song? I hate it. Somebody said they're coming to take me away. I also um, hate Cat in the Cradle. We built this city, oh, yeah. Starship. Oh, that's a good one. That was on here. Ooh, somebody else said It's a Small World. Uh, but they said, but the melted vinyl wax track version. Oh, oh no. Means. Uh, but some of the answers here were, were great. <laughs> or shout out the devil. Molly, speaking of Molly Crew shout out the devil would have been Someone perfect. said 99 <laughs> bottles, but it never oh takes off a number. Yeah. <laughs> never, never gets lower. Oh, so it's wow. just always 99 <laughs> bottles of beer. Oh, about my God. Anything, anything Yoko. Yeah, uh, raindrops keep falling on my head. Oof. You know what? I work in top forty. I've worked in top forty for twenty-two years of my career, and Mood's I could name so. <laughs> I could name. <laughs> I could name so many songs that would be that would get, that I would choose. You know, what, you know what's funny about some of the songs that we're mentioning, and, and a lot. And Terry Jacks might be a good example of that. But there, a lot of these would be considered one-hit wonders, right? And 
I, I said something. I can't remember who said this to me at one point. It might have been Nils Lofgren from the E Street Band, or it might have been George Thurgood, who was a real pain in the ass when I interviewed him. But I, I think I said something, not in a derogatory fashion about a one-hit wonder, because one-hit wonder bands sort of get the tag of, oh, they just say, you know how hard it is to have one hit? And just have a big For hit sure. like that. Mm-hmm. Most bands would never. Well, ever before get TikTok, to that. now TikTok's around. Well, now every, yeah. everyone's a rock star now. Well, what's interesting about TikTok is it brings these songs back that were mm-hmm. gone from from years ago. Well, but, yeah, we're playing on Y ninety eight. We're playing so many songs that came out. Yeah. I mean, like Kate Bush running up that hill. That's Netflix a is a good Love example. It. Love Look, it. I am going to award a winner here, Hayes, and it's going to be you. You won that first <laughs> round of The Price Is Wrong, and I apologize <laughs> nice. to the audience, but here you go. We'll go out with this. Thanks, boys, for playing. Appreciate <laughs> yeah. it. Sing along, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. On three. One, two, two and a half. Three. (laughs) Much more coming up. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast old man winter here if i had it my way it would stay winter all year long short days wind chill black ice and a good polar vortex (laughs) heaven wait is it getting warm in here your cold snap is over old man winter spring has arrived Spring Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. 
So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Christian Toto is back with us, a regular contributor for many years on my show. He's the host of the podcast, Hollywood and Toto. His website is hollywoodandtoto.com. Christian Toto, how are you this afternoon? I'm great. Thanks for having me back. Now, you wrote about Jason Aldean, and you kind of framed it um, around this guy, Tom McDonald. And I want to get to that column. But yesterday at this time, and I revisited this just a little bit in the beginning of the show, this whole thing with Neo is interesting as well. Have you followed that? Have you tracked that a little bit? Yeah, he said something, then he apologized, then he said, I didn't apologize, that was my publicity team. But the apology appears to still be on his Twitter feed, so I'm a little confused by the whole the whole kerfuffle. Well, it was interesting because he goes on this podcast, yeah, and he basically says things that make sense like this. I feel like parents have almost, almost forgotten what the role of a parent is. Mm-hmm. If your little boy comes to you and says, Daddy, I want to be a girl. And you just let him rock with that? If you let this five-year-old boy decide to eat candy all day, he's going to do that. Exactly. All right, so they get into that, and then the publicist issues the apology. It goes on on Twitter, and then he says this. I need y'all to hear this from the horse's mouth, not the publicist's computer. So check this out. First and foremost, I do not apologize for having an opinion on this matter. I am a 43-year-old heterosexual man raising five boys and two girls, okay? That's my reality. Now, if my opinion offended somebody, yeah, sure, I apologize for you being offended because that wasn't my intention. My intention is never to offend anybody. However, I'm entitled to feel how I feel. You know, Christian goes on to say, if you want to cancel me, cancel me, but he does not back down from those opinions, which is rather refreshing because usually these celebrities kind of cower in the corner when stuff like this happens because they are worried about being canceled. You can understand why the PR rep probably wanted to protect him, but that's kind of fascinating, isn't it? It is, uh, and the language he used is really interesting as well. You know, at the end of the day, it is our opinions. I listen, if, if I say my opinion is that slavery was good, that's monstrous and crazy. We all get that, but we are allowed to have some nuance on certain opinions, and we are allowed to push back at times against the approved narratives. And that's what we're seeing here. So, you know, there have been much, much bigger stars who have basically buckled and apologized. And I'm thinking about Stephen King, Scarlett Johansson, you know, much Rita Moreno, Rita Moreno, (laughs) you know, Rita Moreno, when In the Heights came out, she she responded on a late night talk show about the allegation that there weren't enough dark colored Hispanics in, in she said this ridiculous Lin-Manuel Miranda has done more for, you know, Hispanics than, than anyone. And then she was criticized and she cowered and she apologized. I was so disappointed in that. Yeah, I was too. And you know, one of the perks of getting older is you don't give a bleep sometimes. And also, you know, you're a legend and what are they going to possibly do to you? I mean, I mean, it, she should be wise enough to know that it's the woke mob, it's this outrage culture, and that in three to four days, they'll move on to the next target and they'll forget about her. So, you know, and, and, and you know, her body of work speaks for itself. Yeah, that was that was rather sad. And in a way, she kicked uh, Lynn, well, Miranda to the curb by doing yes, that. Yes, she, she really did. Defense, and then she basically said, never mind, I hear right about him. And that's a terrible thing to say. And she's absolutely right. He's done, you know, he's had great contributions to the arts. He's He's, you know, paved the way for other uh, Latino artists. Those are good things. 
We should be celebrating that rather than nitpicking that the color of the skin isn't as dark as, as, as certain, you know, people want to see on screen. I, I, you know, did, does anyone really think that he that there was a dark skinned Latino performer who, who was terrific? I, I, don't yeah, I don't I don't want him or her. I mean, it just it, it, you have to kind of follow these the, the logic through and it often doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. And I think there'd be you know, I don't know, maybe we'll see what happens with Neo here. But I think maybe there's potentially potentially more equity in standing your ground and just telling people and, and being honest. So now let's. Let's get into this a little bit. This controversy with Jason Aldean is a, a few weeks old at this point. I've talked about it just a little bit. Um, he's coming to St. Louis here in just a few weeks at Hollywood Casino Amphitheater. But you wrote a column that discussed small town here, but you kind of juxtaposed it around a song by a guy by the name of Tom McDonald. You want to explain that, Christian? Yeah, he is a rapper, and he writes a lot of incendiary songs, but it's often poking fun at woke culture, uh, about the media manipulating us, things like that. But, he, you know, he often does it in, a, in an oddly bipartisan way. And I think he does attract a lot of conservative fans, but I think because he's punching at both sides and, and illuminating some larger truths. But his new song really has the sharpest of sharp elbows. It, it makes that, the, the small town song, sound quaint by comparison. He's talking about being a patriot, and if you don't like uh, their patriotism, this is going to be trouble. And you, you have to go online and read all the lyrics. I, I don't have them off the top of my head, but they are. They are rough. They are they are uh, tough. I mean, I, 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 I kind of sound like a little bit like a President Trump in my verbiage here, but it's it's far more aggressive than far anything more. that was yeah. in Aldean's song. Well, and the, the music in and of itself maybe is too here. My people of this country and we're under attack. They banned us, they cancel us for speaking the facts. If you man enough, come stand with us, take USA back. And every time we pull up, all you're going to see is America. I don't know if it's necessarily my uh, type of music, but he basically says, um, take a look inside my closet. You're going to see way more than hangers. Hammers like I do construction ammo. I'm going to shoot at something. Why do you think we own these guns so we can't just go do some hunting? You must not pay close attention. Government, they want division, only treason if you lose. And it kind of goes on from there. I mean, one, one difference here would be that nobody knows who this guy is, is why Jason Aldean gets a lot of attention. The other thing, and I don't know if you pointed this out in any of your earlier columns on this, is I do think that one reason that got a lot of pushback is because Jason Aldean was at that concert in Las Vegas where the mass shooting took place, and some people didn't like that. Yeah, there's a lot of different uh, cultural reasons why one catches fire, one doesn't. But also, you know, Tom McDonald is outside the mainstream, so a lot of people don't know him, but a lot of people know him because his views, his videos get, you know, millions of views. Almost everything he posts just gets a, a ton of traffic. And he sells a lot of music. Again, doesn't have a label, doesn't have a, all the bells and whistles of, of a typical recording artist. So he is out there. He is making a mark. There are people who know him and like his work. And I also think that journalists today are, are so bubbled, they don't know he exists. And yet he, he has his finger on the pulse and he's saying something that people respond to. And he's done so in the past. So I think that's interesting as well. But also, I, I think the media is not too keen on country music in general. It's seen in a way that's maybe too uh, regressive. It doesn't have enough diversity, perhaps. I don't, it just seems like there's a there's a target on, on country music's back. And you could check out some Washington Post articles over the last couple of years to see my point. Well, no, I think you're right about that. And we even had a, a real-life example of that here when Morgan Wallen came into town. He played Bush Stadium a couple of nights, and we had an African-American, Kevin Johnson, who I know relatively well, who's a critic at the Post-Dispatch, that decided to write a clickbait 
piece that said, I'm not covering this because there's a bunch of racists in that audience, even though he even admits in the column that he's never, and I've been to country shows with him, uh, he's never experienced anything negative at a country show. But he was worried because Morgan Wallen said the N-word to a white friend and had to sit on Oprah's couch, essentially. So he's worried about that. Yeah, it's very revealing what that person just said. I've not been to the concerts. Also, listen. We all can say something that's ugly and hurtful. I think we've all done it in our lives. And, and for Margaret Wallen, they got caught in video. But does that really capture who we are as a person? I mean, are there, is there other evidence he's been cruel to people of color? I, I don't think no, that's been no, exposed. None, I haven't heard no, about that none. At all. There is none at all. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the that's point. One of, the most, one of the, the worst things about our current cultural situation is you could live a, an exemplary life. You can do all the right things. And then you could have a slip up where you say something. Maybe it's a brain cramp. Maybe you didn't mean to say it. Maybe you were just angry and it said something. You lashed out in a way that doesn't respect, doesn't kind of uh, reflect you or your values. And you're done. And you could have all that goodwill and all that w- a wonderful life led. And yet it could be, it could be, it end in a way from a public point of view. And I just, it's just wrong. So Christian Toto is here from HollywoodandToto.com. We, we've talked about, wokeness, you know, over the last couple of years. I, I've been a little hopeful, I guess I would use the word hopeful, that we've reached peak woke. When when you wrote about, you know, you get the Bud Light controversy, that certainly was something that hit home here in St. Louis. The Jason Aldean situation, that movie, Sound of Freedom, really amazing when you look at the box office numbers of that. So you you think, though, that, that maybe peak woke still hasn't happened. Those are just examples where maybe things have gone in a different direction, but there's still plenty out there. Yeah, it's two steps forward, one step back. I mean, just, the, you know, we saw another cancellation of J.K. Rowling, a pop culture museum basically erasing her, her name as if, she, as if no one created that reason. Yeah, wait, now, I didn't cover that, so explain what, what's that all about. I did see reference there. What happened there? It's a pop culture museum. I believe it's in Seattle, and the people behind the scenes there don't like what, what she has said about trans people. And by the way, she hasn't said vicious or mean or hateful things about trans people. No. She just doesn't agree with every element of the trans agenda, which I think that's the best way. You go do your, your own homework on it. But, I mean, she said a lot of lovely things about trans people as well. But because of what she said and she didn't agree with everything, she's been erased and canceled. She's had death threats. I mean, you know, any, any J.K. Rowling story will tell you a tale. So they decided to just take her name off the exhibit, even though it's about Harry Potter. And they even hinted that more <laughs> More actions will come. I don't know what else they can do. I mean, Harry Potter is a cultural phenomenon. You don't ignore it. But if you're going to have a Harry Potter... How can you... That's what they're doing. Yeah, so the Seattle Museum's pop... uh, The Seattle Museum of Pop Culture, Chris Moore is the project manager and has slammed her for hateful comments and announced that they would proceed with the Harry Potter-related displays. But they're just not going to include any reference to her. That's where we've come. It's just insanity. Again, first of all, did she physically injure anyone? Did she say, you know, send money to a, a vile cause? Did she hurt someone? Did she go on an, on an agenda-driven attack against someone's livelihood? None of those things. She has an opinion. That's it. And you could disagree with it. You could think it's wrong. You could think it's hateful. That's fine. But it's an opinion that many, many, many people share that is not outrageous, that is not beyond the pale. And for that... It's just, I mean, the litany of ways that the culture has tried to hurt her, erase her, uh, punish her, it's astounding. It would take a a whole conversation to recount it all. 
It's interesting because she said, I didn't see this quote from her, but I guess she did an interview recently, and she said that a lot of the Harry Potter fans were still with her, which I think is true. You know, we hear this amplified in the media. But she said, my position is that I'm absolutely upholding the positions that I took in Potter. My position is that this activist movement in the form that it's currently taking echoes the very thing that I was warning against in Harry Potter. Maybe I didn't dig deep enough into Harry Potter to understand what she was saying there, Christian. Well, I mean, she could be, I mean, you know, groupthink. It could be cultural forces that are uh, smiting good, kind people. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can interpret that. And, and artists are allowed to write stories with all these different uh, meanings and all these different uh, subtexts. And you could read it, you could see it, you could miss it, or she could be, you know, reimagining it through a new perspective, a new lens. That, that's her prerogative. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the bottom line is that she helped uh, countless kids. Uh, fall in love with the reading. And if that isn't a joyous, wonderful legacy in and of itself, I don't know what is. It absolutely is. Christian, awesome to hook up with you here this afternoon. I appreciate the columns on all this. We'll talk soon. Thanks. That's my friend Christian Toto from out in Denver who joins us every once in a while. He's like, I used to say, Sue, when I reviewed movies, there were like three of us in the country who were conservative movie critics. Oh, I'm it sure. It was um, Christian me and uh, oh gosh darn it! What's the guy from? You can't remember the from third. Washington. No, he was like the bigger. He's the one that people would know because oh, okay. he. You think of him here in a south. Think of him. Damn it! This is what happens to my brain. Um, and speaking of movie critics, I don't know if you remember this, but we did the book. This guy and I, younger people don't know who Cisco and Ebert were, right? But this guy, uh, Matt Singer, did this book on Cisco and Ebert called Opposable Thumbs. And man, I'll tell you what. Talk about. <laughs> You know, a great, great story. And again, we are of the age that remembers the influence oh, yeah. that they had on movies and on movie going. So, how come I cannot remember the name? And when Jeffrey, they agreed, Jeffrey, oh. Jeffrey. Okay. Uh, why can't I remember? The I name? don't know. But when Siskel and Ebert agreed, it, you were always like, "Wait, ooh, that must actually be really good." Right. Well, and you know, that's part of the the story is just really. Um, how they changed Hollywood and, oh, and the sure. power of those thumbs really is what, what the book's about. And we'll get to that probably tomorrow or Friday on the Best of Segments. Let's do this here. Playback ready. Now, the audio cut of the day. Well, I blame Ethan for this because he found this this afternoon in the New York Post. He's filling in for Abby. And it's uh, it's quite the story about someone who's in love with uh, with trees. <laughs> Sue. That is correct. She is. How, how does she position her? She's an eco-sexual. She's yes. fallen in love with an oak tree. And this is your audio <laughs> cut of the day. In this time, I developed several coping mechanisms. And among the healthier of them was taking daily walks on this marsh swamp that is near my house. These were therapeutic walks. I would cry in the rain, I would talk to my friends, and I would come up with these massive epiphanies about my life and how I wanted it to be. One of the most significant was the realization that I had been craving that rush of erotic energy that comes when you meet a new partner and that it is not sustainable. It doesn't last. We are human. We cannot keep up with that energy forever. Yet I believed it was possible. I believed I could tap into that erotic life force somehow, somewhere. And around the time of this epiphany, I began to notice that about at the halfway point in my walk, I would pass a grove of oak trees and one particular tree in the grove called to me. Wait for it. So I began to stop daily at this particular oak tree and I began to lean against it, began to hold it and feel held by it. And I noticed that I was experiencing erotic attraction. We have so many crazy people and there she is, another one right there. Your audio cut of the day. Sue, have a great night. We'll talk tomorrow. Get more at 971 Talk. 
Shop.com. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this... Why? ...a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.